everybody to those art teachers. I'm one of your hosts, Corby. Today's episode is for the adventurous teachers, the wanderers, the people that are looking for new experiences. We're talking about teachers who are going to be moving out of state and thus requiring to apply for an out-of-state license. And also, maybe this isn't something that's planned. Maybe your spouse or your partner is getting relocated with their job. Or maybe you have a family member that needs help or some medical assistance and you're thinking about moving. And again, that requires that you need another teaching license because you're going to be in a different state. Whatever the scenario may be, This episode is going to be giving you some tips to hopefully help that process go smoother for you and to know what to expect because it is a very lengthy process with a lot of hoops to jump through. Originally, I recorded this episode as a small segment with just some tips and was going to pair it with a future episode that talks about teaching internationally. However, after a wonderful hike in the gorgeous state of Washington with a new teacher friend who also experienced transferring her original teaching license to a Washington state license, I then realized that there is a lot of things that we wish we would have known before going through this process. And she said that she also was a big planner, working ahead, trying to make all these lists, and she wished that she would have had something on YouTube, a podcast, basically something like this that could have just helped normalize the process and give her some things to expect. So I was like, all right, there have to be more people that could be going through this now or in the future that this could potentially be helpful for. So here we go. We're going to be getting into what it's like to get an out-of-state teaching license, and some tips and things to expect throughout the experience. So what to actually expect when working on getting your out-of-state teaching license? Uh, this is this is tough because it's going to be kind of vague and I also want to be specific, but the reason it's going to be vague is because each state website is organized a little differently and each state has different classifications or terminology that they're using for different amounts of years that equate to whatever the licenses that you might need and there's just so many differences and variables between states so um, expect to be managing a lot of moving pieces there are a lot of different components to keep track of and you really have to stay on top of making sure that you do your research and you know what needs to be submitted. Which brings me to the biggest thing to expect which is hunting and gathering for all your credentials that your new state will require you to submit in order to complete your out-of-state licensure application. Now I can't be super specific in this area because, again, it's going to be more particular based on the state that you are trying to get your license in. Um, the The general things that you're going to need are proving your bachelor's degree, proving your current teaching license, um, fingerprints, and then there might be some 
other things that vary just based on what the state is asking for and also depending on what type of license that you are applying for. So, uh, yeah, it just it just really depends. Um, but that is a big, a really big part of this whole process is gathering up all of that proof and all your credentials and then managing it and sorting it and then submitting it to the state. And it, it, I mean, it sounds easy if you've got all that in one place, but I mean, <laughs> I don't want to assume us art teachers are all the same. However, when it comes to my things on my laptop, they are very scattered, very much like my brain with things that I'm not hyper-focused on. Uh, and so it really was a lot of sorting and collecting of all of those different pieces. Additionally, there might be some things that the state requires you, that is your new state requires you to submit because your license does not transfer exactly, which I'll get into more during the tips. Uh, but basically what I'm getting at is you might have to be hunting like really, really far back in your history in order to prove some of your credentials and or you might have to be finding the exams that you need to take in order to prove your credentials in some areas that your new state might require. So that does require some additional hunting and gathering and also research to see what you do and what you don't qualify for, depending on the state's um terminology of how they're classifying their license that's another thing to expect is of course the websites are very different because it's a different state it was designed differently however the terminology could be similar in the sense of that let's say one state uses the word residency or one state uses the word professional to categorize a certain teaching license but in your new state that actually means something else so there's a lot of research that has to go into when you're applying for your out-of-state license, which term that your new state uses do you actually qualify for and or apply to based on your situation? So like, for example, I was completing my licensure in Kansas and had teaching experience, but when I looked at Washington's requirements, that was classified what's called a residency teacher, but that term might be used in another state. That means actually you have like three years to have that license, but in the state of Washington, my residency license would only last a year. So there are some variables and some differences depending on which state you're you're going to, and then you just have to keep track too of how long that license lasts before you have to reapply for a longer one, which I just went through that process as well. So with that overview of what to expect in your brain, I'm going to go ahead and get into my four biggest tips on how to plan and kind of manage this entire process. And then within these tips, I'll kind of share some more specific things to look for throughout the process. So let's jump into it. So my first tip is to, if at all possible, plan ahead. I say this with like so many exclamation points and so many underlines because there is so much that does go into applying for an out-of-state teaching license. There's a lot of research that needs to be done. There's a lot of documents to submit. There's fees to pay and there could be potentially exams that you have to take. So if at all possible, whenever you know that you are moving, like that you have this idea that you possibly want to move out of state 
or that it might be a conversation that you and your partner or spouse, whoever you're with, that you're helping support or you're a team navigating through life together, have this idea in your head or that it might be a thing in the future, I recommend that you start opening up that door then. Just start browsing because there is a lot that goes into it. But I am aware that sometimes because of different scenarios, you might not have that advantage. So if at all possible, I recommend that if it is a conversation that keeps repeating itself or if it's an interest that you have, you plan ahead. You'll be thankful. When you're planning ahead, the research that I mentioned is looking up the requirements that your new state needs in order to give you your new state teaching license. Most of your states are going to require the proof of your bachelor's degree, uh, proof of your current teaching license, uh, updated fingerprints. Sometimes they require you to submit proof of your student teaching. And then if you have specific endorsements or content areas that need to be proven, they're going to require that as well. And then they also might have some special content exams or basic skill exams that they want you to take, even though you hold a valid teaching license in your own state. But in the new state that you're moving to, that content exam might have a different, like a different brand or the company that gives the exam. And so they're going to want you to prove yourself with those new state requirements because they don't accept the specific type of exam that your old state required. So when you're in the planning ahead and research phase, this is something that I highly recommend that you look into, which are what exactly those requirements are, make a list of them, and start figuring out if you need to do any different exams or what tests you need to do in order to prove you're proficient in specific areas that may not match what your original state required. It's also a lot of work and again a lot of research to sift through which exams will be accepted or which ones will not and so it really is an investment of time to make sure that you can get all of these boxes checked and all of your ducks in a row. This leads me to my next tip, which is keep track of your deadlines. This is so, 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 so huge. And I think that I probably am getting eye rolls as I hear this because you might be thinking, oh, we're teachers, like we're so used to this, responding to things, making sure things get submitted on time. However, again, I can't stress it enough because of my experience and then also talking to my friend who moved from Ohio here to Washington also transferring her teaching license. Deadlines are so crucial because you're working with so many different deadlines. And what I mean by that is the depending on what state you're moving to, your new state could be operating with a different school year calendar. So, for example, in Kansas, the schools generally go from August to May. However, in Washington, the schools go from September to June. So that was a positive thing for my situation because I could wrap up and like have all my bows tied with getting my principal and my district 
to sign my paperwork to validate my teaching experience and like my preparation program and all those kinds of things. And I was meeting that mark on my Kansas time and it was like I was getting extra time by knowing that the state of Washington was like still within the school year. And so I could like contact the off the state offices and like things were getting processed. And like while I was applying for jobs, everything was like still operating. So that was the deadline calendar or deadline timeline that like I was working within. However, your deadline might be different when it comes to your school calendar or like your move date or whatever your situation may be. So you kind of have to figure out what you're working with. The other deadlines that you're operating with are when you look at those requirements for your new state, when we were talking or when I mentioned that you might have special requirements like taking content exams or tests or different skill exams because your new state won't accept things that you had to do um, in your current state. There might be only certain months that those exams are offered in your new state or maybe certain weekends. You're going to have to figure out when you're able to take those tests, what the deadline is for those exams or tests within your new state and also how that works with your new state's licensure application process. So a little bit more about that. If you are applying to a new state and let's say you need to take um, or prove that you are valid in your content area, like we're an art teacher in our current state, but we need to prove that we are capable in the new state to, to teach art, um, there might be a deadline that they only offer exams certain months and maybe that conflicts with your schedule and when you're applying for your out-of-state license or you're applying for your new job and so it can just get really hairy. Basically, you just have to look up so many ins and outs of all the requirements and what the deadlines are going to be for whatever is being required on that license process as well. It's a lot. It really is a lot. And I don't share this to overwhelm you, but just so you can really think about and get a heads up on managing all of this because it it really is a big undertaking to manage and jump through all the hoops. So knowing that planning ahead will really work in your favor and to really figure out your personal deadline, your new school's timeline, your new requirements, deadlines, and timelines that you need. There is something, maybe some small saving grace that can offer you like a get out of jail free pass or like that feeling when you get that amazing taro boba tea that has that super rich natural taro flavor or that amazing candle from Bath and Body Works that's your favorite flavor that you light on a rainy day. What I'm getting at is this might be just that glorious little win, but actually huge win because you don't have to worry about going through all of the huge requirements like exams and things that I just mentioned, or you get like a fast pass and you get to speed up your application process so you don't have to worry about waiting for the systems to go through and things being backlogged and you actually have your license way faster than other people. 
So this tip is look for or check for any specialty categories that might apply to you. One specialty situation is that some states have a reciprocity where they completely honor or take licenses from another state exactly as they are. This might be found on a special tab within your new state's licensing system. Uh, It might be something you can type into Google to look for. In my experience, there was a specific tab and Washington only honored one other state license and it had to be a specific, it was like a specific situation from that state. It actually was Ohio and it was, it's interesting because the teacher friend that I was talking about this with who came from Ohio, I asked her, I was like, oh, was your process easy because you're one of the states that has reciprocity with Washington. And she was like, oh my gosh, no, I actually didn't qualify. So there are specific requirements. However, if you fit those, then you could be the lucky winner and your license might be completely honored and you don't have to do any extra hoops to acquire your new state teaching license. So I would recommend that you Google that, you look on your new state's website, for getting your out-of-state teaching license. Another specialty that I noticed in my new state as well was for people who were military family or military spouse related. There are quite a few bases out here in Washington, so it's a larger industry, and I did not experience that process, but when I was going through the uh, Office of Licensure page, there were little underlined features or like alerts that would come up that would advertise to people who were a military spouse specifically so that way they could go through a different streamlined process in order to kind of like help get them a license faster is what I'm assuming. I'm not saying that the requirements are going to be different for those people. I just think that if you're a military spouse or military family moving out of state because um, the military is, you know, really relocating you. They're trying to help push the spouse, the spouse's application further like ahead in the system. So that way that person could get granted their license um, to help them when they relocate, find a job a little bit more quickly. So it secures their licensure position faster. So I would recommend if that is one of your situations, you know, maybe someone in your community, military community has given you that hot tip. But if you're not aware of it, that could be something that helps you out or maybe you have to hunt for on the website, but it, it could be a thing that helps you hopefully. And my last tip is have a backup plan. (laughs) I also am kind of chuckling because I think some teachers also while listening to this might be like, duh, that's our life. And I know some other people might just be like, I mean, why would you have a backup plan? Because teaching is the only plan. So whatever your jam is, I still recommend having a backup plan. My backup plan personally was still teaching related. So I basically wanted to ensure that when I was applying for jobs in the state of Washington that I was showcasing that I looked like I was super serious about moving across the country and being a Washingtonian 
while pursuing my career of teaching. And I wanted to ensure that because I wasn't sure how long it would take for my full license to process. So I actually applied for an emergency teaching license in the state of Washington. It had smaller requirements and I thought that it would go through faster. So I ended up doing that first. And to clarify, the substitute part of this license and the classification for Washington isn't like a sub where you're going in and out of different schools or like between districts per se. This was, it was a fast track to have a certification to show that you were qualified to teach. It was just an emergency situation. So it was just fast tracked and designed to um, get you those credentials faster. So Um, I applied for that. I also will recommend later on that you do consider substitute teaching and that could be a potential backup plan as well. Um, And I did consider that myself, but the emergency substitute certification that I did apply for in Washington was different than just a substitute teaching license in that circumstance. And then I also applied for my full residency teaching license of Washington um, as well. So that way it was in the works and fingers crossed that it went through on time. Um, But I was super worried about the timing of everything. And this was the year that COVID hit the States. So I wasn't sure how much things were going to be backlogged and just all the ins about of everything was, we know, extra extra chaotic. The other reason I wanted to get my Washington emergency substitute license was because I knew that I had to take one of the basic skill exams in the state of Washington, the the West B or the West, I can't remember which one it was, but basically it was um, an ELA test and one of my tests back in Kansas, I used the ACT to prove my basic skills, but because I didn't take a writing exam on it, I had to prove my writing skills in the state of Washington. And I wasn't sure with that year of the COVID extreme shenanigans of when the tests would be offered and if I was going to be able to get a test on time and if the state of Washington would uh, treat that as valid and like that I was working towards that. Um, So I got that emergency license again just to be like extra, extra safe. And then Washington has a few different licenses that you're applying for that this system is very different than what I was used to in Kansas. So I applied for the like one year residency and then that like because of the scenario with COVID, they were having a grace period. They were giving extra time for people to um, like take the exams or take some certain skills tests in order to allow that to happen and because everything was backlogged. So that ended up working out in my favor. But again, I wasn't sure what the potential outcome was going to be because of all the extra chaos that was going on. So I just wanted to make sure that I was really ensuring that it was possible for me to show that I was really serious about moving to Washington and land a job so I could make that goal happen for myself in my life. Another backup plan I do recommend is considering an actual substitute teaching license where you could jump from school to school or even possibly applying to different districts. I know that it will be difficult if you have to go back to subbing and maybe the district or the new place that you're moving to that school um, 
you know, doesn't want to give you a full-time position or you're just in and out of schools. However, that really could be a great way to learn about the different districts or different schools in your new region and your new area. And I highly do recommend that. That is something that I think most teachers would probably not want to do or maybe go back to once you've, you know, fully landed your own classroom. However, I did that to start learning back in Kansas, the school district in the city that I was living in and was going to different schools. I kind of used that as a time um, to learn about the district and just to kind of test out being an art teacher in different schools. And then I ended up actually subbing more in totally different content areas and totally different grade levels. And I loved it. And that really helped me make the decision of moving from teaching art workshops and teaching um, at the museum to going back and getting my teaching license and solidifying that that was what I wanted to do, teach in the public schools, teach art in public schools. But anyways, um, so I, I just know that that could be something that is difficult after you've been teaching for so long in your own classroom. You've, you know, we get set in our ways and we, we, you know, really like how we are able to navigate like our own ship and our, our own classroom. However, you would still be teaching, you could still pick up sub jobs in your content area and again, it would allow you to explore and get to know the, the district or you could even sub in multiple districts and really get a feel for the community and the population that you might be serving and also just the ins and outs of the new area and areas that you might be thinking of working and even potentially living in. So couldn't recommend enough doing an emergency substitute situation and possibly exploring that for yourself. I think that it could be really rewarding and it could really help you adjust to your new state. 10 out of 10 would recommend. Other backup plans? I I don't know. I would just look at maybe indeed.com. See if there's anything else that's being offered in your content area or after school programs. And yeah, basically the backup plan recommendation isn't a requirement. <laughs> it's not on the uh, requirement of your out-of-state teaching application. I just like to be extra, extra prepared. So those are all of the tips that I have for your out-of-state teaching license application process. Biggest one, planning ahead if possible. And the next tip is keeping track of your deadlines. Tip number three is do check for any specialty categories that might help you get fast-tracked into the system so you're avoiding those backlogs or potentially you don't have to go through the entire process of reapplying for the requirements or maybe doing some of the exams. And the last tip have a backup plan. Not a requirement, just recommended. Today's sponsor is Fingerprint Inc. For redoing those fingerprints for every teaching license, we'll also never be able to commit a crime. I will say, you could wear gloves. However, just a heads up, be on the lookout for those 23andMe tests. Not speaking from experience, but I have heard stories that they can also use the data from that in order to trace things back to people who have been involved in a crime or affiliated with a crime. So, 
We really can't do any wrong here, teachers. Also, shout out to Caitlin, who has helped me keep the banter of these sponsorships alive while I am doing these episodes solo. So thanks, girl. So I hope that these tips were helpful. I hope that maybe whoever is going through this process doesn't feel as alone. If you have any questions specifically, you can message those art teachers, comment um, on a thread or send a message and I would be happy to respond. Also, I would recommend reaching out to maybe some people in teaching professional learning communities or places that you're already a part of that might have some teachers near you that you could talk with in person or get immediate, immediate feedback because like I said, this is a strenuous process. It is a lot to manage and I think the biggest thing and I guess the last tip is don't hesitate to reach out for support, whether that's help on processing how frustrated you are or reaching out to a friend to ask for, clarify, like help me read through this and clarify like what does this credential jargon mean? Like there's so many things that could just start to build up and really just take away from the idea of moving or make it feel more stressful that you're going through all of these hoops to get to your goal. So I guess my last and final tip is to find people you can talk with, community you can talk with this about and that can support you through this process because it is going to take a toll on you, but there is light at the end of the tunnel when you get that out-of-state license and you're able to to move, to get your goal met, to help your family, to move with your spouse. It's all worth it. It really is worth it. So keep on keeping on to get through those hoops. So no, you're not alone in this process. I've gone through it. Other teachers have gone through it. Other people are in the thick of it. Reach out at those art teachers if you have any questions, if you found this helpful, or you just want some information on the out-of-state teaching application process. I got you. All right. Well, until next time, bye, not bye.